It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. AM 570 KLAC 987 KYSR HD2 Los Angeles available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570 in LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Keith. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, during the uh, noon hour today, we had Javier Chavez on the show. He's the manager of the Torrance Little League team playing in yes. the Little League World Series in Williamsport. He, he was terrific. No, he was great. He was great. Fired up. Sound like he he's got, you know, he sounds like a coach, right? This this handling some twelve year old kids. He's got them all in order, and um, it was interesting to see the story how because there's always that that feeling, Fred, um, of and I've been on different teams that had that feeling throughout the season. There's a point in which you know, hey, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. We got a chance. We got a chance with this team right now. We got yeah. a chance to do something special. Yeah. And you feel that there's always that moment. And, uh, you know, when he talked about that coming back and, and beating Tula Vista back-to-back games, that, okay, everybody's eyes start opening up wide. Like, we got a chance to do this thing. So I, I know that feeling. It's, it, it's cool to hear him explain it and, and just kind of get the feel for the kids. It seems like they're enjoying themselves back there, too. If you missed it, please check out the podcast. Download the iHeartRadio app. You can take us with us wherever you go. Uh, you can stream the show every day, and so many people do listen to the show around the country, and we appreciate that very much. We know in Texas and Virginia, up in the state of Washington and Arizona. So you can always listen to the show live, or if you've missed any of the show, go back and podcast it. Kevin will put it up in the minute we get off the air. The show is up there, so we had Javier Chavez on during the 1 o'clock hour today. David Vasse jumped down during the 2 o'clock hour. We talked some Dodgers. They're off. They get ready to take on the Padres. Oh, the 1 o'clock hour. I'm sorry. David was on during the 1. And uh, keep this in mind. The Padres fired their pitching coach today. So that's going to make all the difference in the world. If You know what? If they'd fired their yes. pitching coach earlier in the year, Fernando Tatis would not have done a head-first slide. That's, gonna that, be, that's the key. That would have been, been the deal? Oh, yeah. That was the key? That was the key. Tatis said, get that guy out of here. He's the pitching coach. Now I won't dive head first anymore and throw my shoulder out and uh, make us become one of the big disappointments in baseball this year. But anyway, Dave was on during the 1 o'clock hour. 
So feel free if you'd like to download that and listen to Dave's insight today. But now, it is time for some spirituality. It is time for us to come together. And on Friday, if you were listening to the show, it might have been the loudest reaction from the crowd we had. So to provide the spirituality that we must so desperately need, we welcome on Vic the Brick with the Daily Haiku at 2. And Vic, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. Happy Monday, Rodney Pete. VTP! First of mm. all, I ain't no bitch. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, Freddie. Why? Why would he do that? <laughs> He's back with the buttons, Fred. Uh, Vic. Back with the buttons. Vic. Don't like it, Fred. Don't I'll, like I'll it, Fred. I'll pretend like I didn't hear that. I'm going to pretend Thank like you. I didn't hear that drop, okay? All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Vic. My mistake. Oh, my. <laughs> He's executive producer. He's a spiritual force that moves the show. He's tireless. He's relentless. He's multi-skilled. He's Kevin Figgis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Why? My I don't get it. My mistake. He's the master of all audio time and space. He spread his hands on the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours. Please put your hands together at Tony Fossil. <laughs> King Flavana. We don't have enough time. Yeah. Well, let's make some time. Yes. Vic, we, we would like to acknowledge the reception you got Friday. From oh, the thank you. Masses. They loved you. Well, mad love to the people in Santa Monica and who represented, you know, for the celebration of, of, the, of the Dodger Day. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was really for Steve Yeager. I mean, everyone loves the Yeggs, the Yeagermeister. How funny was he, Rodney? He was great. Uh, he was fantastic. He's the best. He's the oh, best. Yeah. He's so funny. But, yeah, thank you to everyone who, who supported uh, the remote. Gave me love for the haikus, and it's a great group. Listen, Santa Monica. You're hanging out in Santa Monica, giving away Dodger stuff. Does it get better than that? No, it doesn't, Vic. No. It doesn't. But before we get to haiku, we've got to talk about the Black Mamba. And this would have been, as you have said, it's 43rd birthday. It's hard for all of us to put our hands around it. But you know Kobe. You know what Kobe would say? Let's celebrate. Let us celebrate. That's what Kobe would say. He wouldn't say, you know, don't get you know sucked into the abyss and uh, celebrate. And I'm going to celebrate with a story that I've told a few times. But for me, it's, it's so, it's so uh, vivid. It, it's like it happened uh, an hour ago. Oh. This was when Cole first got to town. He's, he's basically uh, 17 years old. 
fresh from Philadelphia. You know, from the uh, you know the date with uh, Brandy at the prom, and he comes to Los Angeles with his sisters and his mom, and really under the radar. No one really had much, uh, you know, pre-Kobe intelligence except for the you know, Jerry West, you know, who who, uh, who you know brings Kobe in. But, but, you know, the basketball world really, you know, they knew of Kobe's exploits, you know, at Lower Marion, but nothing, nothing that of what was to come. Nothing of the genius, of the greatness, of, of the sheer brilliance to come. But I hear he's in town, and I put a call into his hotel room. He's staying in Long Beach. He's playing in the summer league at the Pyramid. You guys remember the Pyramid. What a great place to play summer ball. Yes. So Kobe picks up the phone. This is uh, circa 1996. And I said, Kobe, welcome to Los Angeles. You know, we would love to uh, say hi and drop by and welcome you officially to the, you know, to the Ciudad. He says, okay, Vic, come on over. I'm in room, yada, yada, yada. And just knock on the door. Talk about being down, talk about no pretenses. Uh, that's who he always was, you know, before he developed the mentality and people, you know, confused the Mamba mentality with being uh, arrogant when it was basically, you know, a wondrous mindset. So, you know, I'm driving down to the Long, the Long Beach Hotel, I knock on his door. I said, Kobe, it's Victor Brick. He says, oh, come on in, Vic. So, and there is Kobe. A young 17-year-old, most of his body is in ice, okay? He just had a, a practice at the pyramid, and his, most of his body was in ice. And he's 17. Talk about knowing one's body, mind, and soul at an early age. That was cold. And he was eating french fries. And he says, Vic, you want a French fry? I said, yeah, I'd love a French fry. So, you know, we're there munching French fries in his Long Beach hotel room uh, before he even played a game for the Lakers. And I said to myself, there's a poet in town. There's a poet in Los Angeles. And he was telling me how he used to write poetry on the beach with his sisters when he first got to L.A. But just, a, just an amazing spirit. The spirits was what uh, really uh, boggle, you know, mind-boggling. You, you felt a, this incredible presence in the room, this, this light. There was a light. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that was my first meeting with Kobe. It will always be the most illuminating. I wrote a haiku for Kobe on his 43rd birthday. Oh, yeah. Kobe. Oh, yeah. Basketball bodhisattva. God Among Men, a virtual ancient Japanese walking tea ceremony. Tranquility, harmony, purity, respect. Cope, we love you and we're feeling you. Well done, Vic. Cope. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. We love him. We love him so. Well, he lives in all of pick. us. He yeah. lives in all of us.
Yes, he does, Vic. It's it's tough to uh, it's, it's tough to wrap your head around the whole insanity, but we do. You know, we're Los Angeles. We do, and we'll always love him. And uh, he made such an insane, profound impact on all our lives. And we love him. We just love him so. Yes, you know, we do. Colt used to be, Colt, Colt went to a lot of Dodger games. He loved the Dodgers. I went to a few few games with him, and you're right, right. He couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. It was, you know, always, uh, you know, hundreds of people around him. Yeah. But he loved the Dodgers, and he'd be very happy with the uh, what's going on, coming off a nine-game winning streak, but going into San Diego, knowing that Mookie Wilson, Mookie Wilson, Mookie Betts, got my Mookies all mooked out. Yeah, well, that, that's Look the case. Look at me, though. I'm Mookie, I'm I'm Mookie. <laughs> Next, I'll say Mookie Blaylock. Remember Mookie Blaylock? Yeah, Vic. Oh, yeah. Yes, Vic. Yeah. Yes, Vic. So Mookie's back Thursday. Okay. So that's that's going to be a great a great rush. And uh, David Vassay, very salient points as always. Yeah, the Dodgers were sloppy yesterday, man. Almost unwatchable. You know, after uh, you know Bellinger hit the two run single, and he, you know this is like a stream of thrown out, for him. You know, on the base pass. This is like you, you kind of knew that was it. When is it not? That they were exhausted. I mean, they looked. Is... They looked tired. You're right. They were tired. Yeah. They were sloppy. What but that's to be expected. He's played. You know, right. an incredible run, and they're going to make a new run tomorrow. Me- so Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock, man. Oh, oh you're listening yeah. now? Okay. He could shoot. Look at you. But uh, tonight, Dodger talk at 7 with Tim Cates. Vic, I think you've pretty much covered everything today. Yeah? Yeah, I think you've done a very good job of touching touching everything. Touch how them about all, charges for, How about Chargers 49ers? You, you guys watch that game? No, God, we're not going to. Uh, no, Vic, I didn't. Vic? The defense is the defense is hot. Can I just say, <laughs> the Charger defense is going to win them a lot of games this year. That's, okay. I'm going on record right now. Okay. In the moment, like two starters yesterday, Vic, on defense. <laughs> I think Kenneth Murray and like one other starter, the only yeah. dudes who are starters who actually played. Both of them. I felt the spirit. The spirit. I, I felt a vibe. There was a vibe there, uh, a defensive uh, vibe that I really liked. You know, sometimes it can be imbued through the squad. It doesn't have to be the first squad, the, the starters. And Rodney, you know that it's a 53-man thing. The philosophy of defense, you know, has to be bought into. And I believe the, the Chargers have bought into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Call me a dreamer. You're a dreamer. Well, okay, Vic, you're a dreamer. Like Fred's old band, Freddie and the Dreamers. Remember them? Oh, yeah. I was the lead singer. <laughs> that was a... Um... Were you the lead singer with Freddie and the Dreamers? Well, I don't want to go into it, Vic, but yeah. I know. It's a, it's a whole, other, whole other issue. Yeah, it was another life. <laughs> Time for the haiku, but, uh, Vic? That was a haiku. 
did a haiku to Kobe well, that he wrote. Kobe Bryant haiku. haiku. Kobe Where Bryant. are you, man, Fred? Oh, that was oh, the... No. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, my God. Oh, no. God. That was the... Oh, jeez, oh, Louise. No, I thought... Really? really? Oh, my Fred, God. You are the dreamer. Come on, Fred. What in the world are we doing? What are we doing on a Monday? I thought you were just... A brain. Come on, Fred. I thought you were just talking about Kobe. I thought you would then have a traditional haiku as well. No, he said I wrote a special haiku for Kobe. Exactly what right. you doing, Fred. I was I was involved in Mookie Playlock. Did you get high score, Fred? No. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. Ronnie Fazio. Okay, so that was it. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, that was really good today, Vic. The haiku was good. Oh, Thank wow. you, Fred. Listen, I wow. want you to focus and concentrate. Yeah, okay. Wow. Because okay. we, we, we got a big week ahead. We got a gigantic week, friend. Yes, we do. No, we, we we definitely do, Vic. All right. Giants going to get hit hard this week, Vic. This is my prediction. They're going to go back to your New York and, and face those Mets. They're going to get hit hard. They got to face Atlanta. Atlanta's be, a good team, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to get a little reality punch this week, Vic. Then they go into Milwaukee and, the, you know, yeah. Yelich has uh, found, found the, the way and yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna finish below five hundred on this trip. We're gonna make up a couple. We're gonna make up two games this week. So we're two and a Freddy. Now we got to get everybody Freddy, caught up on. on what, no, I understand. Come on, Freddy. We we, we got to get everybody caught up on what's been happening. There's a lot going on today, and we're gonna do that. We're Vic. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna do it when we come back. I'm right here. All right, good. All right. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. Rodney beat Fred Rogan back on a Monday coming at you. You know, we live for these moments at 2 o'clock. For the haiku, the enlightenment that Vic provides us all. Yes. And today was a little bit of a disrespect, Fred, of you not knowing the haiku was underway. Well, I didn't realize. I thought he was just yeah. speaking of Kobe, and as he would, and then and he did other, do that of other things as he does. Yes. And then he delivers the haiku. It just came a little soon for me. I thought that was just oh. part of the ramp up to the haiku. Oh. Oh. Normally, his his thoughts continue on. So. And the haiku the, wraps it up. Right. So the. I wrote this special haiku for Kobe. Just didn't give you a heads up that it was coming. No, I thought there'd be another one. <laughs> I thought there would be one from you know one of the one of the classics as well. It's lit. <laughs> Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Brought by Jacob and Ronnie. Uh, if you've got a problem. He'll have a solution. He's the best attorney in town. He's our attorney. He should be yours. Jacob M. Ronnie. Accident or injury. Call Jacob M. Ronnie. Call Jacob. So, of course, the NBA schedule was fully released uh, late last week, and Caesar Sportsbook has released its uh, odds for who will have the best, highest win season total, I should say, the highest amount of wins for next season. 54.5 wins for the Brooklyn Nets. They are also the consensus favorites to win the championship. The Bucks uh, check in at 53.5 behind them. Lakers, 76ers, and Jazz open at 51.5. Now, one of the assistant directors at the Caesar Sportsbook said that Adding Westbrook to the Lakers is positive for them, but he's not sure how interested they or, honestly, a lot of other top teams will be in the regular season in trying to get a high seed. So I guess the question is, how interested will the Lakers and should the Lakers be 
to be as high of a seed as they possibly can going to the playoffs there, Fred. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. As long as they have home court advantage, does it matter? They need to be ready for the playoffs. So, I would say just try to get home court advantage. In the first round, you mean? Like yeah. Like, top four seed? Right. Or, of course, ideally, you want it all the way through. Sure. But at the very right. least, you know, just get home court advantage and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. They need to worry about the playoffs. Make sure everybody's healthy and ready to go. Yeah. But is, is home court advantage more important than the matchup? I think we were all, most people were kind of, even though they had to play the play-in game, we're kind of excited about them having to open up with Phoenix. I was. In that matchup. And oh, had yeah. they not gotten hurt, yeah, I, I think most people believe that, because they had commanding, they had a commanding, uh, well, not commanding, but they had a 2-1 lead. They were they were kind of on the way to, to beating Phoenix before they got hurt. So that matchup was great. Um, wow, Kevin. So 54 wins is the is the is the most yeah in the nba it is so I mean, we're not going to see any 70 more 70 win seasons anymore nobody's even in the 60s anymore is that where they were going as good a team as the nets are and if they stay healthy they're still not predicting to win more than 54 games yeah they're probably taking into account those guys don't all stay healthy for an entire season and how much with the, we're now in the era of load management and maybe they should be with players with the ages the lakers are and players with the injury history the nets have Maybe the sports books are looking at it more cautiously when it comes to their season predictions, knowing these wow. guys aren't going to play a full 82 games. Wow. So you think that 70, what is it, 73 wins is the record? By Golden State, yes. Yeah. It's probably going to hold up for a while. Hold up for a while, yeah. Yep. Interesting. Well, seedings, schmeetings. If Anthony Davis is healthy, the, the Lakers are going to win the title. Uh, he, is, he is beyond the wild card. Another wild card, Fred, that you're totally disregarding, and, you know, Rodney nailed it. You know, you've got a lot of three-point shooters, but you got your Ellington, you got your Monk. Um, you got three-point guys who could, you know, knock it down. What you don't have is a basketball genius by the name of Rajon Rondo. He's a missing link, and I... I am sure the Lakers, if they can squeeze him in to this roster, they're going to. It's not about his name, Fred. It's about execution. Exactly. It's about execution of an offense. He executed real well from the Clipper bench in the playoffs there, That was the Clippers. That was the Clippers. His talent level's the same. Go throw Tom Brady in Cincinnati. Does he have the same success? So you're comparing the Clippers and Lakers to the Cincinnati Bengals? Yes, two, I championship good. two championship contenders. It's a different so system. Cincinnati what, years yeah. ago. And then before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, different, two different styles of play, Kevin, is my point. <laughs> You you want a basketball genius on this team still? I still I believe you know all these three point shooters. I, I love them. They're great. You know bring back you know bring back the band. I love I love the concept. You know, experience is divine. But if you want the true experience, if you want the true divine experience, if you want you know in, intelligence on the court and an incredible spark plug in the playoffs, uh, it's not Wayne Ellington. Okay, it's Rajon Rondo. Well, uh, I Phil, love Wayne Ellington. We, we all do, Vic. Uh, Phil Jackson has been called a basketball genius by people at times. I know you had a great connection with him there, Vic. Someone, I love Phil. Someone who did not is a new Laker, Carmelo Anthony. He was on the huh? All the Smoke podcast, talked about his relationship with Phil. Of course, Phil was the uh, president for the New York Knicks. 
here was what Carmelo said. Quote, when Phil came, it was just like he cut that line of communication off from me with the front office, from staff members, and even other players. I said, damn, you're talking to him about me. You're going to him, talking about him, about you. I mean, I'm right here. Then that minute is when I knew that the game was being played with me, and I was like, no. He also said there was a, he's not seeking closure with Phil Jackson whatsoever. He says he doesn't need it. He says he knows the way Phil feels about him and anything that they did. I'm paraphrasing at this point. It would all be for show when Phil would just tell him what he wanted to hear to his face. I know Phil Jackson has had some coarse interactions with many former players of his. Many of them loved him and others not so much. Was Phil there when they signed Carmelo? To, the, to his extension, yes. He, he wasn't was. there initially. But when they signed him to his extension, yes. Yeah, they didn't draft him or anything like that. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. That was... Yeah. I mean, the thing I still remember, with Derek Fisher as the coach, and Phil put in that triangle offense, and Carmelo Anthony moving along the right baseline, and they threw him the ball, and he kind of just yipped it underhand, two hands, and hit the side of the backboard and bounced out, and I went, this is not going to work. Yep. Really? On one play, huh? Yeah, I knew right then. Knew right then. Right then. Yep. I said, this is not going to work, because Melo was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I just tossed it. I thought, no. This is a bad thing. Does it surprise me? No. Obviously, Melo was not one of Phil's guys. That's simple. So, he didn't feel any need to talk with him. Don't no, that shock me at all. Yeah. Go ahead, Cal. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, right? I was saying, you just don't, he didn't feel a need to talk to him. You don't communicate directly with your star player. I'd say that there's some sort yeah. of issue there. There's That's always two sides of the story. And, and you know, Melo took all the heat basically 90% of that heat and in, in New York and that not working out and uh, there's always another side of it and when you have someone with the power of Phil Jackson coming in running things you got to have communications or, or otherwise it's a recipe for disaster and they didn't have it with the star players you mentioned Kevin there's no way they can there's no way they can succeed if that happens well can we also be fair and think you had a relationship with Phil he was not very good in his job there I mean can we Acknowledge that? Largely no. Now, he did draft Kristaps Porzingis, and people scratched their heads. And before Porzingis had that devastating injury, he was trending as one of the best players in the league. So I guess you'll give him that. But outside of that, yeah, for the most part, Fred, it was it was, it was was a disaster, like the Knicks have been over the last 20 years. Yeah. He, he was a mess. You know, Phil was not prepared for that gig. He took the money. I think Dolan was paying him like $6 million a year or something. You know, to you know, to be this, uh, you know, running the Knicks organization, and they, you know, he, he basically uh, ran it into the ground. He had no experience. Derek Fisher was a horrific head coach, and uh, you know, even Kurt Rambis couldn't save the day. It was just a, uh, it was hell. That was hoop hell when Phil Jackson took over the reins of New York Knickerbockers. Because you, you can't live in the you know, Phil was was a, a fabulous Nick. The fans loved him, but he wasn't prepared to be the. Uh, the GM slash, you know, guiding light, you know, of a franchise that was uh, living in darkness for decades. Of course, the Dodgers head to San Diego to take on the Padres starting tomorrow night, and we've talked about it uh, throughout the show. Larry Rothschild, longtime pitching coach, over 30 years of experience as a major league pitching coach, uh, spent some time with the Yankees. Uh, he was fired earlier today. Uh, now, Jace Tingler, the manager of the Padres, uh, said, quote, there's been a number of reasons, uh, lack of consistency, the lack of production, the belief we have ability-wise on the mound. We just wanted to have a change of voice for these last 36 games or so. I, I don't, I'm sure it's not unprecedented, but it seems very odd for a team that's contending for a playoff spot to get rid of their pitching coach 
uh, this late in the season, especially when, by the way, they have, uh, I think they're third in the National League in strikeouts, fourth in the National League in ERA. It's not like they're terrible, but obviously with all the offseason additions they made specifically on the mound, probably not having the season they wanted to. Something happened. Had to have. Yeah, because you don't blow this guy out now, at this point in the year. And Tingler said that it was 100% his decision. He went to A.J. Preller, the GM, and said if he could make this change, and Preller said, do what you like. So this was all on Jace Tingler, the manager. So maybe they had a, a falling out or a disagreement, or they weren't seeing eye-to-eye on some things. But you don't take the pitching coach out a month and a half before the season's over when you're in a pennant race. That makes zero sense. It also shows you that their little infrastructure there is starting to crumble a little bit. You know, maybe the pressure, maybe failed expectations to meet them. I mean, it's not over yet, but certainly they've not had the kind of year that had been forecast for them. Maybe tensions just got a little high and he decided to pull the plug on the guy. But to me, it makes no sense. Doesn't it feel like this is this is about to be a domino effect here? Doesn't it feel like this is going to be more to come because the way they have fallen, the expectations, as you said, Fred, at the start of the season and, and how they were rolling and exciting and, and all those things, and now they're, they're you know falling off a cliff, that this is the start of something that will happen with them? It just it just feels that way. This is like a panic move for them. They say, okay, let's blame this guy. It's going to change everything. And and uh, I don't think it will. They've got more issues than, than, than the pitching coach. Well, there are issues of pitching. You know, obviously, you know, Darvish has been injured. But, you know, I think they expect a lot more from uh, Snell. They didn't get it. And they're making uh, Rothschild uh, the full guy, even though he's an excellent pitching coach. Look at his uh, track record with the Yankees and, you know, various clubs. He's done a fantastic work. But they had to pin it on someone, his nosedive. Okay, let's let's pin it on Rothschild. But this team has been in, in a severe nosedive, and I think you're right, Rodney. It might be the shape of things to come. Rodney, it looks like your old coach, John Gruden, may have caught a bit of seller's remorse, uh, at least according to The Athletic. Uh, Vic Tafer, who covers the Raiders, does a great job covering them, says... This offseason, the Raiders actually contacted the Bears about trading for Khalil Mack. Now, of course, they shipped out Khalil Mack a couple of years ago because uh, they were, yes, very laughable. They were miles apart on contract talks. The the, uh, Raiders send them out, get a couple of first-round picks. But, of course, the Raiders have had their share of struggles in getting to the quarterback, to say the least. Just last year, the Raiders had 21 sacks. Khalil Mack alone had nine sacks and three forced fumbles. And, of course, the, the Raiders believe they had a chance to get Mac back because the Bears were dealing with some salary cap issues. Uh, they were able to get under the cap, make some cuts. They cut Kyle Fuller and a couple of others. And they rebuffed the Raiders rather quickly when they made the call to try to get Khalil Mack back on the roster. To be fair, though, Rodney, when they moved Khalil Mack, it opened up space where they could go out and, and really start to rebuild that roster. So, yeah, you don't want to lose a guy like that. But you could make the argument that overall they got stronger. Now they have a deficiency and they need to fix that. But at that time, I, I'm i not so sure you wouldn't go, well, you gave up one of the great players, but then you could sign three or four guys that could help you overall. Have they made the playoffs? No. Have those guys okay. helped much? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Here's the thing, Fred. There are certain guys that transcend just their position and are difference makers in games. And you don't ever let those guys go. 
you got to fight to keep those guys. And he was certainly one of those. He's in that rare air, that rare form. That's like the Rams letting Aaron Donald get away. You don't do that. You hold on to guys that are difference makers, that can win you two or three games alone on their backs. You keep those guys around. And they didn't do it. And certainly, yeah, I get it. He's like, can I get you back, please, Khalil Mack? Come on back, Mack. Come on back, please, Mac. No, no, too late. Too late. The most egregious boner in Raider history was that trade. I mean, even well, a I'm week later, remember they, they said they Marcus talked to Allen Gruden. was more egregious, but all right. There were some other the boners. Yeah. Well, I will say what happened to Marcus Allen was probably a little more egregious, but. Yeah, that was terrible. Here nor there. Dirty. Well, that was horrific as well. But in, in this case, what was a week later, they asked Gruden, what, what do the Raiders need? Just, oh, we need a pass rush. Yeah, they did. Remember? Did. We yeah, need someone who can get to the quarterback. You just had one of the premier sackers when the Lords of the Trenches in the National Football League, and you traded them away. Are you are, are you all high? And now a week <laughs> later, said, oh, yeah, we, we need a pass rush. Vic, was that you the just phone had ring? a pass rush. Vic, was that the phone ringing? No. Everything's quiet here in the Western Front. Everything's quiet. What was that noise? Fred, maybe you're hearing things. Yeah. Doubtful. What is it? What do you say? Your ears to the ground? It speaks to you? Something right. like that? My ears to the ground. The ground speaks and I listen. Uh, this will speak That's to good. you. That's good. You should listen. You Since, should listen uh, to the ground, Fred. Have Fred put on his relocation Rogan hat here. Let's so, go. So the Buffalo Bills are looking for a new stadium and they've had some trouble. Although there is one proposal in place. They're actually talking about relocating to Austin, Texas, of all places. Uh, there is a report that Roger Goodell is uh, very motivated to try to make sure the Bills find a way to keep them, to keep the Buffalo Bills there without having them move. Nothing is locked in as of yet. There's a proposal for a $1.4 billion stadium in Buffalo, New York, but still a chance they could end up moving to Austin. I know the Raiders and a couple of others flirted with San Antonio. This is the first time I've heard of Austin being thought of as an NFL market. And I wonder what Jerry Jones would feel about that. I think Jerry Jones would say that's great. Now pay me $500 million (laughs) because you're in my territory and a part of your gate and uh, I'll consider it. Here's the thing. Uh, This happens all the time. It's like in Arizona. The Coyote, the hockey team, they're playing in Glendale, right? Now, they've defaulted on some loans, things like that. They were forgiven on a few of them. The the arena told the Coyotes, you're out of here. We don't care what you do or what you say. You're not coming back. Go find another place to play. I've never heard of that before. In Buffalo, they want to keep the team, but it's the exact same song and dance. Rodney lived it with the relocation of the Raiders. Uh, the owner will put in so much, and they want the city to contribute or the community. Or the county, so much. And if the uh, county coughs it up, they stay. They, they really don't want to leave there, but they do need a new facility. I think it's like 30 years old. Uh, but, the, but the deal is this. In California, we're not going to play that game. California, you pay for it yourself. There's no public money. We don't do that here. Other states, they still do that. They still do. And uh, that's what this is. You know, ante up or we're gone. But, Rodney, I don't think they're going anywhere. No, it's a different scenario up in Buffalo. It's the uh, only show in town. I don't think it's uh, – the, the league and the other owners were bending over backwards to figure out a way to keep the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. I remember there were talks not too long ago about them moving to Toronto. Um, 
but those stalled and and it's just it's it's just one of those cities look the, with the raiders situation the, the nfl was eventually going to move to vegas it was going to be a team there eventually and and they presented the right scenario for the raiders to move and to your point fred where you got the city and the county not willing to come off any dollars or even give in any any sort of concessions to what the raiders or stadium needed so the raiders were gone but in terms of Buffalo, I don't see them. I don't see them leaving Buffalo anytime soon. They'll they'll exhaust every every avenue to keep them there. To take the Bills out of Buffalo would be like taking chicken wings out of Buffalo. What? That's their soul. Don't do that. The Bills are the soul of upstate New York, and they will not. They will not extricate them from Buffalo. Buffalo is the Bills. The Bills are Buffalo. I love Austin, Texas. My love, my love for Austin is unyielding. But you do not strip Buffalo of their Bills. There will be heresy and there will be a revolution. Talk about it, Dick. Yeah, be a revolution. Now, Vic, I'm glad you brought up uh, Buffalo wings. Uh, what if I told you that for every wing that you eat, it takes 3.3 minutes off of your life? Huh? Really? Yeah. So researchers that released this nutritional index recently, uh, ranking foods based on, you know, minutes gained or lost off of your life per serving. Now they say consuming one eighty-five gram serving of chicken wings translates to losing three point three minutes off of your life because of the trans fat and sodium. A hot dog, one hot dog on every front, wing, every wing, eighty-five an eighty-five gram serving of chicken wings. So uh, whatever that measures out to eighty-five grams, however many wings that that is. One Rob, now Rob Parker's in trouble. Yeah, now one hot dog, one beef hot dog on a bun, you lose 36 minutes off of your life. Huh? Largely, largely due to the detrimental effect of processed meat. Good news for uh, the kid, the people who are kids at heart like me, they like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, it's associated with a positive increase in 33 added minutes. So maybe you eat peanut a hot butter. dog, peanut butter and jelly. So maybe you eat a hot dog, you lose 33 minutes, you get them back if you eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I'm not sure, but knowing that. Fred, are you less inclined to eat chicken wings or hot dogs knowing that it can take a half hour off of your life? Who in the world wrote that? These are these yeah. are actual researchers. This isn't me. I didn't make this up. That's yeah. blasphemy. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's the crazy, science. Fred. I had a couple of Dodger science. dogs this past weekend. That's the science. There's people skewing, people skewing their, their research to fit a certain... A certain objective, Fred. Right. Ah, I see. Yeah, that's... Yeah. So it's chicken wings only. But if you eat, uh, uh, you know, baked chicken or chicken parmesan, that's not the same thing. It's only chicken wings that's going to take the three and a half minutes off your life. Any kind of chicken cooked a different way, is that going to take the same amount of minutes off your life? Well, I believe that, you know, wings are t typically fried, breaded. What if you bake the wings? Yep. You could bake them differently. I think this is the classically the way that they're made. I mean, this is like saying, you know what? If you eat 12 steaks a day, every day, <laughs> yeah. there's a good chance that that's probably yeah. going to clog your arteries. Good, good chance. Good chance it's probably going to give you a little arterial sclerosis. Yeah. Good chance you might have some gout. So you guys yeah. are calling this a scare tactics by the, uh, the health yeah. people. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. How many times have we seen salt is bad for you, salt is good for you? Salt is bad for you, salt is good Chocolate for you. Chocolate is bad for you, chocolate yeah. is good for you. Yeah. Coffee is bad for you, coffee is good for you. We sit at Channel 4... And you know we do we do the most compelling news. There's no question. Oh, absolutely. About that. How can you die tonight? That's essentially right. what, you, what you guys do. Remember that tease. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I swear we have done stories, and I've said it. Chocolate is bad for you. 
six months later, they go, chocolate is good for you. And I was actually on the air. I went, well, which one is it? Six months ago, we said it was bad for you. It could kill you. I think it was dark chocolate. They found that dark chocolate is supposed to be good for you. Milk chocolate is the one that's supposed to be bad. That is correct. That is true. You know what? I like the chocolate. The more you know. Okay. No. Yeah. And who eats white chocolate? It, it's really quite yes. disgusting. I don't mind white chocolate. Yeah. White chocolate oh, is disgusting. Like it's chocolate. not my favorite, no. but... Uh, it's not your favorite because, because it sucks. It really It shouldn't even be compared to milk chocolate. It's not even in the same realm as, as milk chocolate. And forget dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is like, you know... You know, Game of Thrones, it's like the ultimate dragon is, is you know, the, the ultimate power is dark chocolate. Is milk, is milk? White chocolate? Are you kidding me? White chocolate's like a waste. All right. Is milk bad for you? Which milk, milk is not bad for you. Milk is good for you. It's got Almond a lot milk. of fat. A lot of fat in it, Fred. So it's milk okay. It's milk. good fat. I the more. Everyone's this thing with fat. Uh, it's okay to have fat. But I don't think milk, you need as much fat great. in your diet that milk has for adults. Milk is not great for you. Later yeah, on in yeah. your life, when uh, you're a child, it's it's good because you're getting all that fat as you're growing. Oh, but as an adult, you don't, you don't need no. all that extra. We're milk learning, does not do a body good. Yeah, yeah. More and more of that uh, dairy milk, goat's yeah. milk, whatever milk is, non-human milk after you're past yeah. nursing, you probably shouldn't consume it. More and more studies yeah. have shown that over the last decade or so. So cows are bad for us. I drink whole milk. Grass-fed cow, if you want you a steak or something, Fred, it's fine. How about a glass of almond milk for you, Fred? Almond milk. There you go. Rice milk, Fred. Yeah. I don't like that. Get some coconut milk. Almond milk is good in your coffee. Listen, whole milk milk is fine. No. In moderation. Stop it. Whole milk is perfect. Get out of town, Vic. (laughs) Vic, you drink milk every day. You can take your almond milk. You you, you know, (laughs) I I drink whole milk every day. Right. You drink a lot of whole milk, Vic. (laughs) Yes, I love whole milk. All right, maybe you should lay down. I don't. I don't like this. You don't drink whole milk, Fred? No. Drink, oh no! You drink milk at all, Fred? No. no. It's probably no. probably healthier for you that way. Right. And that's Do you what, eat cereal, Fred? Not a lot. Granola? Very little. So what do you have for population breakfast? drinks milk and has a bad reaction in their stomach to the milk. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. What, what, what do you have for breakfast, Fred? If you don't have, what do you have? Steak burrito. <laughs> He's not okay. lying because I've seen him do it. The things, steak burrito? The things Fred walks in here with at 9.30 in the morning. Sometimes I have salmon at <laughs> 9.30 in the morning, right? Okay. Now, listen, food, food should not be eaten according to the time on the clock. I agree. It's, it's what you want. If you want a piece of salmon at 9 o'clock in the morning, eat a piece of salmon. Yeah. Who made that rule? Exactly. Of course. Eat what you want. Have a good time. Unless it's white chocolate, Vic, then don't eat it at any time. Oh, forget it. Forget the white chocolate. Yeah, don't do that. That's what's lining up the headlines. Kevin's been great. Oh, Rodney. Better pull out a big sack for the sad sack. Oh, no. Giant sack. Oh, no. Yeah, that's next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
I mean, that is just sad. <laughs> sad sack of the day. All right. Got to do it, sad sack. Oh, boy. It's not one. Oh. It's not two. What? It's a whole kit and caboodle. You got sacks? The Baltimore Orioles. With their loss oh. to Atlanta, Baltimore oh. has lost a franchise record 18 straight. Longest losing streak in the major since Detroit lost 19 in a row in 2005. Orioles have just 38 wins this season, are minus 233 in run differential, which is by far the worst in all of baseball. Uh. Maybe this is why when they talked to Ned Coletti about being the general manager, he said no. The sad sack, the Baltimore Orioles. The entire team We got to give organization. They deserve it. Last Friday, we had the chance to give away a great cooler from our friends at Wind Rover Roller. It's more than just a cooler. It's your all-terrain attacking, blustery bunker on wheels, your big daddy base camp, your camp kitchen wagon, all rolled into one. The coolest cooler out there with industrial wheels, attachable cup holders, prep board for slicing and dicing, and a deep freeze drive-in to keep your meals, cheeses, fruits, and veggies chilling for days. Visit roverproducts.com to get yours now, and that is really cool. All right, uh, Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. Nice start to the week. Ronnie, we're, oh, Ronnie. Ronnie, we're back to get him tomorrow. Yes, we is, Fred. Let's go. More to be free than a life in the pen. Making money over cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down sunset, like in the sin. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say, to live and die in LA.